Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So I know many of you, if not most of you, are following along in this book, Working with the Law by Raymond Hollowell that we've been uh, utilizing for this season of fall renewal, which for those of you who may be here for the first time, every fall we do about a six-week series where we uh, follow the guidelines of a particular book, and then we have small groups that meet and discuss the book and everything. So there are some of you who will have been reading this book, and how many of you, uh, by show of hands, who have been reading the book were challenged by these last two chapters? Not that many, but a couple. They, it's a they, they were challenging, weren't they? Yeah, so I'm trusting that I will be able to put your heart at ease. So the challenge, the, the challenge, the chapters, they both start with that same uh, <laughs> sound. The chapters this week are the law of forgiveness and the law of sacrifice. <sighs> Here he goes talking about forgiveness yet again. Well, it is part of our mission to forgive everything. Now, what forgiveness means is forgiveness. It does not mean that we forget. And it does not mean that we have to excuse bad behavior. That's an important distinction. Forgiveness does not mean excuses. But where I really want to start today, actually, is not with a quote from Hollowell. Today, where I want to start is with a quote by Rumi. I love Rumi. Don't you love Rumi? Yeah. So Rumi offers this. The universe is not outside of you. Look inside yourself. Everything you want, you already have. The universe is not outside of you. Look inside yourself. Everything you want, you already have. I think that one of the biggest mis understandings in new thought is the idea that we are here to teach that you can get what you want. But you tell me if I change my thinking that my life will change and I want a different life. So isn't that what you're saying? Ah, you've missed part of it. I haven't just said you can change your life. There's a step that happens before your life changes, and that is changing your thinking. We do not teach that you can get what you want. We teach that you can have and experience what you are mentally equal to. And then people get down the road of, well, if I get and have what I experience as what I'm mentally equal to, if that's my experience, what I'm mentally equal to, well, if my life is really horrible, well, is that what I'm mentally equal to? And I say, yes. <laughs> but it's not where you need to stay. We are not here to blame. We're not here to look at the past and say, look at all of these things in my past. Because here's what happens. We keep dredging those things up from our past and we keep the mental equivalent in our mind and we continue to recreate those things. So we teach that you can experience what you are mentally equal to, which is not equivalent to you are to blame for everything that has happened in your life. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you can change your life. That's the good news, isn't it? 
one of the most magnificent ways that we can change our life is to develop a practice of forgiveness. How many of us have truly developed the forgiveness skill? Because I'll let you all off the hook. That was a rhetorical question. No hands, nothing like that. Because I'm going to let you all off the hook. I still work on it. I still work on it. I was met with information this morning that set me so far over there. (laughs) So far afield. Is that the word? So I woke up this morning to information that totally threw me, and I had to make a decision in that moment. Am I going to allow this very negative information that I have received this morning, that I'm not responsible for, by the way, I'm just experiencing it. I see, oh, negative information on my phone. Well, that was my first mistake. (laughs) Waking up and saying, well, what's on my phone to look at today? Um, So very negative information comes through on my phone, and I'm at a place of choice. I'm at a place of choice in that moment. Who and what and how shall I be today? Am I going to allow this bit of information in a seemingly horrendous bit of information affect my day? Or do I have the willingness to forgive what I see and trust and know that I am the point of peace that I choose to create because peace is my inside job? So this morning, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. So perhaps forgiveness is a path to clearing the consciousness of that which blocks our good. That's what forgiveness is all about. Clearing the consciousness of anything that blocks our good. We are rediscovering in every moment. And when I say we are rediscovering, what I mean is we are not creating our power. We are not creating our power. We are rediscovering our power in every moment. And the reason that I know this is because we are the power, so we're rediscovering ourselves. At the core of who we are is this infinite creative power, this energy that we call God, this creative nature that we call God. And what I know about energy and what science teaches us about energy is that it can be neither created nor destroyed. It can only be changed. And so I'm not here to try to destroy something. I'm not here to try to create anything. All I am here to do is to rediscover the truth of my being. And the truth of my being and the truth of the beingness of each and every one of us is pure love. Can you get behind that statement? Truly? The rest of you? We have this great power. In fact, we don't even have it. We can't, we can't, we can't own it. We cannot, we cannot hold it. It simply is who we are. So we are this great power. But if we don't know that, then we will misuse it. We will misuse it. Because oftentimes what happens is we don't know that we're the power. So we think the power is something out there. Well, that sense of separation is the thing that keeps us misusing the power always. Electricity was not created, right? Electricity always existed, but a use of it was brought to mind. And so we can use electricity to light up a room or to 
yeah, I'm going to say it, or to kill something. The possibility exists with the same power. So this week's construct, this week's construct, really, and I'm, and I'm laying into forgiveness a lot because it is very important to me as part of what we teach. This week's construct, forgiveness, is about discovery, use, and change. When we discover the truth of our being, we get to utilize and use the truth of our being, and our life fundamentally changes because we accept and acknowledge the truth of our being, which is, I said it a few minutes ago, do you remember what it is? Pure love. Pure love. And anything that seems to be unlike pure love in the world is not our responsibility, provided it is not our responsibility. This power we are rediscovering is not out there. It is the animating life force within each and every one of us. It's all, all of it. 100% of this philosophy is an inside job. And I go back to what I said last week. Oh my gosh, you mean I have to work at this stuff? They want me to work on myself? That's what they're teaching in this place? Yes. Yes. And it's the work that makes our lives blossom. That's the truth. So there is no out there energy that leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness is 100% an inside job. Even when we think we are forgiving someone else, the real forgiveness is the forgiveness in our own hearts for ourselves. Hollowell wrote this. There is no hope of forgiveness for the unforgiving. Only as we forgive are we forgiven. I just want you to tap in for a moment and see if there's any place. Just tap in and see if there's any place that comes to mind for you that is an unforgiven state of mind about someone, about some situation, about something in your life. Is there any place where you are living in unforgiveness? That place in mind, and it's going to be different for every single one of us, that place in mind becomes the limitation for the way your life can unfold magnificently. Any place where we hold on to unforgiveness becomes a block. And so our work then is to let forgiveness reign. We perceive and are taught, though, that forgiveness is an activity done to something else or to another. And that may be the way it looks sometimes, but that's what I call performative forgiveness rather than sincere forgiveness. Sincere forgiveness is the work that we do in our own mind and in our own heart. And you know what? Forgiveness has power even if you never let another person know that you have forgiven whatever it is. True forgiveness is not something that is done to it is not an act. True forgiveness is a shift in consciousness. Shifting our consciousness is the path to freedom. Go, and this goes hand in hand with the other law that we're talking about, the law of sacrifice. 
that's the one I think a lot of people probably had a little bit of trouble with. Because it, this, this book is saying, lead a very narrow life and everything will work out perfectly. Well, I don't lead a very narrow life. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I lead a very expansive life. I am really out there. Have you all noticed? And I encourage every single one of us to be out there. It does not mean that I'm morally bankrupt, which is kind of what he's going at, right? He's talking about morality, and, that the, and, and, and it's a construct in a particular time and a particular place. Let's remember, this book was written in 1961. And so it is a particular construct in a particular time at a particular place that says, this is the way to be moral. And I'm saying, I can be just as moral and be off the wall. So, so what this brings up, what, the, what this chapter on the law of sacrifice brought up for me is this. You know, if I put the thing down, I'm like, oh, something's coming. Um, <laughs> this is what it really brought up for me. And I'm so excited about this because what I had to look at is say, what is it in me that requires sacrifice? Truly, what truly is required to be sacrificed in my life? And here's the answer that I came up with. The only thing that is required to be sacrificed in my life are any detrimental or destructive thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors. That's what I'm willing to sacrifice. And I'm willing to accept by sacrificing that all the love, all the joy, all the harmony, all the understanding, all the light that can possibly be expressed in my life. Are you ready to be in that place? Buddhism teaches us this. One will not find himself seeking among the impermanent things. Think about that. One will not find himself or themselves by seeking among impermanent things. So the more we go out there and try to maintain the status quo of all the things out there, I don't really know what I'm doing with my hands right now, but it works. As we do this, try to hold everything together. Here's what I'm saying. Be willing to let go. Sacrifice all of that stuff will find in place of all of that stuff that we try to maintain is pure love. That's who you are. That's what you are. So today, today is a call to us all to turn that attention to the inner life. You will often hear when I pray, I begin the prayer by, by expressing an invocation to say, this is my invocation. I invite myself, I invite us all to turn the attention to the inner life. Because that's the point of creation for everything that shows up in the exterior. So as I turn my attention inward, it can be uncomfortable. Because now I'm looking in the mirror. And what I see is the true reflection. And I may not like what I see. And so, that's where the work begins. What must be sacrificed What inner part must be sacrificed so that the outer shows up accordingly? I have to be willing to let go of those missteps, those mistakes, those destructive behaviors. And yes, if you're in the Wednesday night class, I'm going to use the word, I must be willing to let go of the sin. (laughs) They're laughing. Because this is how we teach sin 
in this philosophy. We teach sin as a mistake. And we are not, we are not punished by our sins. No, that's not. We're not punished for our sins. I'm getting it backwards. We're not punished for our sins. We are punished by our sins in the sense that the, the, as we maintain that mistaken frame of mind, we live the experience. And that's the punishment. And there's no one else who can change that for us. No one. We cannot put our faith in anything outside the self. Our work is to deepen into the truth of our being, know that we are the power and the presence of the divine light and love that we call God, and live according to that. Let go of any mistake. Let go of that self-inflicted nonsense, sin. I'm, I didn't coin that. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> I don't know who coined it, but it goes around in all of our new thought circles, and it's brilliant. Self-inflicted nonsense. That's what sin is. And we're the only ones. If it's self-inflicted, who gets to change it? We do. Sacrifice the illusion. Oh, I didn't expect that to be up there yet. <laughs> That's okay. Pay no attention to the quote on the wall yet. <laughs> Sacrifice the illusion of the misstep. Literally, this is, what sac- this is what sacrifice is. Ask yourself the question, what must I release? Which is perfect for this month. The law of sacrifice is actually perfect for this month as we have been putting some focus on the, t- the power of release, the power of the power of elimination, eliminating that which is no longer serving you. And here's the thing, bless it as it moves from you because there may be things that were destructive in your life that served you for a time, but as long as they remain destructive in your life, be willing to let them go. Understanding, ultimately, is the key to forgiveness and sacrifice. Because understand, true understanding is the nature of it all. And it's a paradox because we talk a lot about the forgiveness that is required in our lives. But when we truly understand, we find forgiveness is unnecessary. And it's because of that. Now you can look at the quote on the wall. God doesn't need to forgive because God doesn't need anything. You may recall that last spring, I got to sit in my office with Neil Donald Walsh for a few hours. And, oh my gosh, the talks. And I, I was sitting there and trying to write notes without being totally obvious that I was writing notes. You know, Oh my gosh, look what he just said. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> and then he would... <laughs> and he and I had a little bit of a moment where we, we connected because we were both actors. I mean, he was an actor before he became the conversations with God person, right? Um, <clears throat> and I think I said this when I, when I talked about experience last spring, that he stood in my office and he sang the song Trouble from the Music Man from top to bottom in its entirety. <laughs> Do you know that song? Yeah. Well, you got trouble. He got trouble, my friends. Right? Say trouble right here in River City. And he did the whole thing. And I was like, why are you not on Broadway? <laughs> and then he turned to me and said, why are you not on Broadway? I said, I get it, because we're both doing the work that is ours to do in this world. Anyway, I've gotten off track. God doesn't need to forgive, because God doesn't need anything. What do you need? 
Truly, and this is a rhetorical question, I would like you to truly get in alignment in your own mind with what is it you really need in this experience. Because any place where you might be holding on to need is a place where you might have to activate understanding. Because the truth is, you don't need anything. I mean, we need food, we need water, I get that. But at the level of consciousness, you don't need anything because you are everything. The truth of your being, if it is truly divine, if it is truly of God, then what could you need if you know who you are? If that becomes your understanding of your identity, that the whole of you is divine. The infinite nature is who you are, is what you are. What would you ever need? And if you truly understood that about yourself and accepted that as the truth of every single person, of all creation, if you understood that of all creation, then there are a couple things that I think would happen. You would find that there is no need for forgiveness because Everyone is God. You would understand that there would be no need for separation because everyone is God. You would understand that there would be no need for fear because everyone is God. You would understand that there would be no need for isms or phobias because everyone is God. So if you truly understand that, and that's the way you live your life, you don't need anything. Because you will be leading your life with love. You'll be leading your life with a pure heart. Pure love being the light that shines forth from you. Not everybody shines that light. Well, actually, I'll take that back. Everybody shines that light. Some people choose to dim it. And they don't necessarily choose at the level of awareness. They choose because they've been taught in their society, in their culture, in their family, in their world. I don't think, active, I don't think people actively choose to engage in destructive behaviors. I don't think that that is the nature of humanity. I really don't. I think some people are just led astray and make bad choices. Those choices become destructive behaviors. On Wednesday night's class, because this is the question that always comes up, and I wasn't in the class, but I did watch the video. For those of you who were in the class, I did watch the video. And the question got brought up. I don't know what I'm doing with those. The question got brought up, but what about... What about Hitler? I have an answer for that. I don't personally believe that Hitler believed he was doing bad things. I don't think anyone is motivated by a sense of evil. I think that people who engage in evil and destructive acts are doing so because they have a misunderstood belief that they are doing good. And so it's an opportunity 
for us all to step back and say, what aspect of that might be part of me? In what way might I be accidentally, detrimentally expressing in this world in a destructive way because I have so firmly held on to some belief in good that is not rooted in spiritual truth? It's a hard question. I'm not saying that there's an answer that I can give you, but it's a question that I think we can all live. And I think we should all live. Live the question. There are many of us who come from backgrounds uh, who, where we were taught that um, a primary motivation in our life should be seeking God's forgiveness, right? Many of us will have come from those backgrounds. Well, what if we sacrificed that notion that forgiveness is necessary and allowed it to give way to that greater idea understanding. I understand what I see in front of me. I have been able to let go of a need to forgive the atrocities of Hitler because I have come to a deeper understanding of Hitler. That's the path. That's the path. And Hitler's not the only one. I want to be very clear. It's just the most prominent example in this culture that we tend to cling on to. But those atrocities are happening today. Let us never forget that those types of atrocities are happening today. Perhaps not on the grand scale that was being experienced in the 1940s, but they are happening today. And if we are to be catalysts for change, the change begins right where we are. And it begins with understanding. If I meet you with understanding, if I meet you with understanding, then we can find ourselves on a leveled playing field. That's the nature of forgiveness. That is the nature of release and sacrifice. Deepening understanding is the nature of spiritual growth. Deepening understanding is the nature of spiritual growth. The most important understanding to embody is pure love. That's really what it's all about. There is unlimited power within this love. Love is the single most transformative power in the universe. So who will you choose to be when you walk out these doors today? When you're driving down the street and somebody cuts you off, who will you choose to be in that moment? And you may think that nobody's watching if you're in your car alone. You may think nobody's watching, but you know what? You're aware. You're aware of your own energy. What energy will you impress upon that experience? I'm skipping through my slides because I've already gone long. Um, I just want to wrap up because I think I've gotten my point across, yes? This is how I choose to understand forgiving. In spiritual, spiritual understanding, I can be forgiving. I can give of myself. That's being forgiving. I affirm giving love in my life because if I seek love, I must first be willing to give love. That's what forgiving is all about. I can be forgiving. What is it that must be sacrificed is any consciousness that is not rooted in love, kindness, respect, joy, harmony for all creation. 
no exceptions, even the person who cuts you off. Today, I invite us all to commit on a path of being forgiving of love and sacrificing anything unlike love. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework today, and I, just as a reminder, if you are new to our community, not, then it won't be a reminder. You'll hear it for the first time today. If you are new to our community, I choose to offer homework for you to work on throughout the week because that's part of what makes this practical. Actually, not just hearing a message on a Sunday, but taking the message out and actively working on it. So, it is often a joke. The Thanksgiving table can be a place of conflict. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so what I would like to say this is this. This is the homework. As you join others for thanksgiving, giving of thanks, consider being the full expression of love only. Irrespective of what you are experiencing in that room, be the expression of pure love only. Only Seek to inwardly understand the voices around you that may be in conflict with some idea in your own mind. That's okay. Those conflicts are an invitation to open up our awareness. Now, I say that for Thanksgiving because many of us are going to gather around tables this Thursday. But this practice doesn't need to be just for Thanksgiving. And I will encourage you to practice this week something that you can put into practice for the rest of your lives. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.